The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now, leave a message. They'll get back to you at 905-529-7165 and check out their website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. You can ask a question there via the listener inquiry button or listen to old shows as well. Good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you all. Morning, Scott. <laughs> Good to see. I don't know if we're seeing each other, but we're yeah. uh, we're we're speaking with each other. I don't know. I've got your I've got your fan picture on my desk. I'm staring right at you, two lovely boys. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> so that a good one. Obviously, uh, the government announcing this week lots of opportunity for those that have fallen on hard times as a result of COVID nineteen. Uh, we've talked on the air in regard to how to access all of these. Maybe you guys can give us a bit of rundown of what we actually have here. Yes, there's uh, plenty, plenty, and they kept changing the rules. And I know Andy and I have talked about these a little bit over the last few weeks, but they keep changing the rules. So I thought it bared bear re- worth repeating, um, going right from the beginning and going through these and, and seeing how, who it impacts, who it doesn't, which one's a better program perhaps for one versus another. Um, First thing I'd love to just start with is just go to the MyCRA um, website. So literally just Google MyCRA, go to that, and you'll find a lot of information right there. Um, you don't even have to have a MyCRA account yet, but simply all of that is posted right there. And uh, on top of that, um, Andy and I do have a special update that we on a PDF, so we can email it to any of the listeners that would like us to email it to them. So simply email your email address saying we'd love to have that update and we'd be happy to email that back to you. We have one for individuals as well as one for business owners. There's some overlap between them, but again, uh, any, any uh, information at this stage, trying to make it as easy as understandable as possible could be helpful to you. So I'd like to start, and I know Andy and I are just going to kind of come in and out between the two of us on this, but the first thing is normally... Here we are in the uh, beginning of April, um, and we'd be talking about getting those income tax returns done. And they have been delayed, as we talked about earlier, on a couple weeks. You don't have to have them done until June the 1st this year. So that's basically a month and a day later than normal, because they're normally due April 30th, as you know. And so it gives you that extra month to delay it. That being the case, um, I have had a lot of clients that have, been doing dropping off their income tax um, quite often, literally outside of their uh, their tax preparer's doors, getting picked up or or sliding them, and they kind of sit there. I talked to a tax preparer this week, and he usually just lets his box sit there for a day or two, and uh, then he gets to them because if he's sort of being again like everybody else, being very careful with the COVID-19. But if you uh, qualify for any benefits, um, GST credits, um, any any government benefits, all that's income-based, you want to get that done right away. And also, you also want to get it done if you're going, if you're going to get a refund. So with, with those two in mind, it's great to have them done right now while you have all the slips. And kind of the old, the old Canadian habit is to get it done now anyway. You don't have to actually file it until June the 1st. And even better, you don't, if you do owe money, you don't have to pay it until September 1st of this year. So if you file it right now, 
and it finds and you find out. So I wouldn't add a check to it or anything, or or a direct deposit. I would simply file the tax return, knowing they're going to send you back a bill if you owe money. And let's say you, you owe two thousand dollars. Well, absolutely, you eventually can just um, have that money sent to them by September first. I kind of like to see it done late August. I don't want to. I don't. I don't like fooling around with the deadline too much, but. At least, again, it allows you to keep that cash flow in your bank account where you may need it right now for the next few months. And I was going to, uh, you know, I think that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, they're just trying to help people keep on, hang on to the cash they've got right now instead of having to worry about, A, worry about filing your return and paying tax so you can access the benefits, but also um, in case you need the cash for a short term. Um, you know, when I was speaking with a client this week, we were uh, talking about the the Canadian Emergency uh, Response Benefit, and um, it is something that's $2,000 per month or $500 per week, which is the eligible amount, and that's for up to 16 weeks. And, and what they were, um, uh, in this situation, the uh, individual was working part-time at the Bay, and earning about two thousand dollars a month, and they were laid off at the end of uh, at the end of March. And in addition to that, the individual is also working for a family business part time and earning two thousand per month. And so now, in this case, the business in the month of April, they've seen a huge drop in in revenue. Uh, in fact, they probably won't make a profit. And so there's a couple of ways that they can approach this. And one could be using what's called the uh, the Get the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy uh, Benefit, uh, the CEWS, <laughs> and uh, also or, or also the, the CERB for herself personally. So it's a it's kind of a alphabet of letters. But uh, uh, this is I think the issue for a lot of people is trying to figure out where does it make the most sense to apply for these benefits. Which one is the one that makes the most sense for me? And um, in this case. You, you know that the, the two thousand a month that the family was paying her, uh, you know, they would have to stop that payment for her to qualify for the CERB, the Emergency Response Benefit, and um, she could then earn the two the two thousand per month. Otherwise, if they continue to pay her, then they could receive a uh, a wage subsidy for up to seventy five percent of it, or eight hundred and forty seven a week. In this case, about three seventy five for her. So, this is this again is where Speaking with your financial advisor and your tax advisor is going to be really, really important for business owners, and especially if you have non-arm's length employees, your family members, to understand what, what are your best options through, through all of this. Yeah, and I'm going to go through those in a little bit more detail uh, further on the show, and, and uh, definitely there's so many uh, different acronyms now that it's hard to keep track of these, literally uh, a new one every week. So. We'll go through those, and, and it may spark an idea in, in the listeners' heads out there saying, okay, that one applies to me, or maybe, okay, that one doesn't apply to me. So we're going to go through some of those rules. Um, going back to tax returns just for a second, um, one thing is, is uh, you don't actually have to sign your tax return this time. Um, this is a temporary measure. They're, they're allowing people um, that are e-filing simply to uh, use electronic signatures. And so this is a temporary, a temporary measure this year. So, uh, again, if you drop that off at uh, your tax preparer, they literally can uh, let you know if you owe or don't owe, file it for you, and you don't have to go back and sign anything at all. So, again, a uh, great idea to kind of keep that social distancing. Uh, another one we talked about earlier about the 25% reduction in risk minimums for 2020. 
Now, this is not an automatic. So let's say your minimum out of your RIF and you're over 71 years old, and your minimum out of your RIF was 1000 a month, for argument's sake. It doesn't mean automatically it's going to start going to 750 a month, and meaning that's a 25% reduction. You have to actually contact whoever have you, you have your money invested with and have them make that alteration for you. And so that, that's the first part of it. But the second part is you actually have to think, okay, does it make sense to do this? And this is where, again, you know, with you and your financial planner, you look at it and it says sometimes you're having a minimum paid out for a reason. And if you're you know, doing this so that you're in a, a, a lower tax bracket, say you're making under 40000 a year, you're only paying 20% tax on this money, and it's all part of a plan to get this income every month, even if you don't need the money. It may make sense to continue to have this payment go towards, at least go towards you and, and be added to your 2020 tax return. That being said, just because you're now getting the income doesn't mean it actually has to sit there in the bank account. And the biggest worry here is you're cashing in these funds. Generally, when the market is down, both the bonds and the stock markets are, are, neg- are down in the last, uh, well, since this started about the uh, end of February. So you're seeing a, a pronounced downturn, and to sell during the downturn obviously doesn't make sense. But what if you were to take that $1,000 a month or whatever that minimum RIF payment you may have and have it go directly into the same type of investment, either in a non-registered investment, or directly into your tax-free savings account, if you have the tax-free savings account room. So let's say you do have lots of tax-free savings account room. You take that those, that $1,000 a month, continue having it, but go directly into your TFSA, same investment, so you're selling something that's low, and you're buying something that's also low. Therefore, you're not making any change to your investment strategy at all. And even better, when the market does correct, and we've been seeing that in the last few weeks how it's been volatile, but it's mainly, mainly been on the upside, uh, more so in the last couple of weeks. And so if that growth now is in your tax-free savings account, all that growth is tax-free, as opposed to leaving it in your RIF, and therefore, if it's left in the RIF, eventually you have to pull it out of the RIF and pay tax on it. So again, just because they say, yes, you can reduce it by 25%, it doesn't mean you should. Okay. And I was just going to add one other thing to that, Don. We were talking, speaking with a client this week uh, who typically was on the on the on the fine line between having an old age security clawback and uh, versus uh, not. And so, in this case, reducing the twenty, taking the twenty five percent reduction was something that they were very interested in. And in fact, he asked a question, which was very astute, because back in 2008-2009 crisis, they also reduced the minimum requirement that uh, people had to take out from their RIFs. But they could do it by actually recontributing the excess back into their RIF plan. So if they'd already taken out too much or more than they needed to, they could actually take that money and put it back into their RIF. So it's important to understand that this time around, they are not allowing, at least at this point, they are not allowing the re-contribution of the excess 25% back into your TIA, uh, back into your RIF plan. And uh, so in some cases, as Don, I agree with Don, it, it, it may make sense just to keep on taking it. And then in other cases, it may make sense to look at the reduction. And so it, it is a case-by-case situation. The uh, 08 is uh, most of that crisis in 08 was in the later half of that year. So they had already received a lot of their RIF payment. That's right. This one's right at the beginning of the year, yeah, so most people right. haven't got that much RIF yet. 
So I guess uh, different strokes for different times, I suppose. But at the end of the day, um, you really need to review what's best for you. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now, leave a message. They will get back to you at 905-529-7165. And check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. You can listen to old archive shows there and ask a question via the listener inquiry button. We're going to take a quick break here. We're coming right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now, leave a message. They'll return your call at 905-529-7165 and check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. Uh, obviously, this past week with COVID-19 pandemic, the government announcing many programs uh, designed to help those that are in need at this time. And uh, you guys are, are trying to decode all of this for all of us so we understand exactly what it is and, and how we access it. Yeah, very complicated. There's just so much. And again, I got to give the government kudos for doing all they can to try to, you know, make this as palatable as they can to keep people afloat. But there's just so many benefits. And again, uh, again, to go back, go on the MyCRA account. Um, you'll find some information there. But again, we will be happy to email you the PDFs that I'm basically going over right now, so that you can have a hard copy of this and, and see which applies to you also. Um, yeah, on employment insurance was one. They said effective March 15th, they were temporarily waiving the one-week waiting period for those imposed because of quarantine um, for the COVID-19. So again, a little benefit there, but it, it all adds up. Um, the big one right this week was the new Canada Emergency Re- Response Benefit, CERB. And this is a, a benefit Andy mentioned earlier. It's a 2000 per month for up to four months for workers that lose their income as a result of COVID-19. And this benefit applies to wage earners as well as contract workers and self-employed individuals that normally wouldn't qualify for the employment insurance. So here's the basically four categories that the CERB provides income support to. Um, First of all, number one would be individuals who have lost their job, are sick, quarantined, or taking care of someone who is sick with COVID-19. Number two, Working parents that must stay at home without pay to, to care for children who are sick at home because of school or daycare closures. Number three, workers who are still employed but not receiving income because of disruptions to their work situation due to COVID-19. And this was the one that they changed basically this week. Self-employed individuals, number four, self-employed individuals who are not earning any income as a result of COVID-19. So... Basically, there's two camps. So there's the ones that are receiving EI, regular sickness benefits, would continue to receive those benefits and should not apply for this CERB. However, if uh, once their CE benefits end, uh, prior to October 3rd, 2020, they could still apply for this CERB, if you will, CERB, once their EI benefits cease, if they're, able to, if they're non, not able to return to work due to COVID-19. Now, it's interesting. Uh, 
very wide ranging. You have to be 15 years old, which I got. I thought was very generous of them to be that young. And you only have to make five thousand dollars in the last 12 months to qualify for the CERB. And again, you can. It, it started this week. April 6 was the day you could start applying, and they got a, an overwhelming response, as you can imagine. And you go to uh, my CRA account uh, website, or you can actually call in. Um, the more efficient way would be to go online. And they will uh, have a direct deposit in your bank account, or they could um, mail it to you, depending on if what, what works best for you. So no, I was just, uh, just going to add to that. They're actually uh, open for business uh, 21 hours a day. They're open from 6 a.m. to 3 a.m. in the morning in terms of uh, a phone call or even online. And uh, they are shut down uh, for three hours uh, early in the morning for a maintenance program. And just uh, the other thing, too, is that all of these benefits, the CERB benefits, you can actually retroactively apply for them up until December 2nd of this year, December 2nd. So that would be the deadline for application. And so they'll go retroactively back and, uh, and still pay you. Uh, so if you felt you didn't get to it, um, you know, it, it, it's not going to – you'll have some time to be able to rectify that as well. Yeah, that's a great point because there's so many, so many benefits out there. And, again, it's trying to get the understanding of what you qualify for. So the ones that aren't sure, uh, you do have some time. It's not like you, you miss a week and you don't get it. So that's a great point. Um, oh, I just want to – oh, just quickly, too, this is not for students. So if you're a student uh, or you know someone who's a student who's coming off of their university or out of high school and looking for their summer job, there is going to be a separate program announced later for that, so we'll just have to stand by and see. Uh, very good. Uh, goods and service tax credit, uh, they are going to make a one-time special payment early May, basically double, doubling the maximum annual goods and service tax credit. Uh, there's going to be a child, uh, Canada child benefit, which, again, is going to give an extra $300 uh, in their May payment. So, all again, all these things simply add up. Uh, the one uh, student loans I thought was uh, really good for anybody, uh, obviously just graduating or having to make repayments on a uh, student loan, they basically are going to give them a six-month interest-free moratorium on this for all individuals currently in the process of repaying these loans. So, again, just giving that relief, every little bit helps. And uh, the big one of recent was the mortgage and other credit relief where they will basically, and again, this is a one-off. You have to call your bank or whoever you, your lender is and discuss them how you can defer payments for up to six months. Now, this is not a free deal. It's, it's deferring payments. So you're not, basically, the bank's not going to be able to kick you out of your house uh, because you're not making your mortgage payments or they can't foreclose on your house but what they, they will do, they'll add that payment back to your mortgage. So I just wanted to add to that too, Don. When we were looking at the homeowners assistance program, uh, what I think the advice that we've been receiving is just once you've had a material change in your income, so you've actually been laid off, you've actually stopped work, that is the point that you should contact your lender. If you're just simply concerned about cash flow interruption, like nothing has happened yet, you should wait until that actual time happens. Uh, and uh, there's no cutoff on all of that at, at this point. And as Don said, it's a case-by-case -case situation. So a payment deferral, a payment capitalization, or a payment reduction. And just to reiterate, payments are, these are not forgiven. They're capitalized. So at the end of the day, it actually increases the amount of interest you pay or, or potentially stretching out the amortization on your loan as well. And, and talking about loans, 
Um, the one that just came out last week, again, which was great to see, this never happened in the 0809 crisis, is if you are getting any benefits because of the COVID-19, call your bank if you owe any money on your credit card. There, there's a deferral program on your credit card. Um, they may say, okay, you don't have to make payments on your credit card, and they're going to de- uh, reduce your interest rate by virtually half. To uh, Basically, most banks are charging about 20%. And they're going to reduce the, the interest rate down to about 10.99%, basically 11%. So, again, this is a, a, something we've never seen before. Uh, I know there's always been pressure for the banks to reduce their credit card interest rate, but this time they've actually done it, and they've reduced them in half. So then, um, as far as businesses go, there's a, a few things. And I know Andy touched on this earlier. The, there's the Canadian Emergency Wage, wage Subsidy. Yes. Yeah. And, and this one here... Um, Again, it's uh, for businesses. It will cover up to 75% of wages paid by eligible employers up to a weekly maximum of $847 per employee. So that's a weekly maximum. So basically, if your employer's employees um, were going to, they would pay $44,000 a year, basically, of that. So some, uh, if, it, if there was an employee making about $60,000, they'll pay up to 75% of that. And yeah, that's, that's also, a great benefit. Yes, and, for sure. Yeah. And so, but then you have to look at, as Andy talked about earlier, is if the employee is getting benefits, for, still getting paid under one, they can't apply under the other. So you yeah, can't kind was, of... Yeah, yeah, double dip, I guess, is the, is the, the situation. And, uh, and a lot of times, as I, as I was mentioning in that story earlier, is where you are employing a family member. So this is what we call a not-at-arm's-length individual and uh, now, in some cases, when you employ a, a family member, you might pay them a dividend. It might only be paid, you know, once a year or twice a year. This is really going to apply for those employees, you, family members you've got that are on a on a weekly payroll or a biweekly payroll structure, and you actually have a payroll account with uh, CRA to administer that payroll payment. So you, you can still pay your family member or stop paying your family members and, and qualify for this benefit, uh, but uh, you, you must be paying them a regular salary at this point. And the biggest kicker here, in order to qualify for this uh, Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy, is that your business has to have a decrease in, in gross revenue of at least 30% in March, April, or May compared to the same month last year. And for a lot of businesses, that's a no-brainer. That's going to be simple because they're simply closed down. But for others, there's, they may have a, a significant decrease. But if you only had, say, a, a 20% decrease of revenue, you wouldn't qualify for this. But you still would qualify for the other one, which is the Canadian, um, what's this one called? The Temporary Small Business Wage Subsidy. Not, as, not nearly as big. It's only a 10% wage subsidy versus a 75% wage subsidy. But again... Um, showing that there is some benefit. So if you don't qualify for one, you'd qualify for the other. And, again, this is where you have to look at where do you fall in. But likely, if you own a business, you're going to fall in somewhere amongst all these subsidies. And uh, finally, there's one last one that I, I found very generous, is uh, credit, increasing credit available for businesses. And in March 27th, they announced the creation of this new Canada Emergency Business Account another acronym, SIBA or whatever you want to call this one. Anyway, so basically the government will loan up to $40,000 
which is guaranteed by the government, to a qualifying small business. And it, it even nonprofits would qualify for this. And you have until December 31st, 2022. So this is uh, two and a half years to pay back that loan. And if you do pay back that loan by the uh, December 31st, 2022, you actually, they'll forgive 25% of the loan, up to $10,000. So if you get $40,000, you have to just simply repay 30000 of it by the uh, end of December, 2022. And uh, if you don't repay it by then, they will charge you a 5% interest on the $40,000, which still is a reasonable interest rate at that time. So (laughs) lots of benefits. And again, speak to your financial advisor, see if uh, where you'd fit in. And again, visit the CRA website, tons of information there. Or again, contact us, email us, and we'll be happy to send you this information. And and Scott, this is something that you're going to be really excited about, is that CRA is temporarily suspending all of their audit activity. You don't have to worry about being audited by CRA. You know, one one question I was going to ask, with all of these programs going out the door, and we've heard the Prime Minister talk about this, and say, you know, what a feat it is for uh, the, the, the public service to be able to get these, roll these sort of programs out, which would normally take a year or so to, to figure out. They're doing them so quickly, uh, maybe not the most efficiently, but again, the, the objective here is to help people. But how will this affect their ability to process income tax uh, forms or provide refunds? I mean, is this going to slow any of that process down? Good question, Scott. I know they are hiring outside companies who help them with this. It's not simply uh, government employees. Uh, so, yeah, it's not all in-house. And I think because these are temporary measures, they're far better to work on a, on a contract basis with an outside company that specializes in these types of things. And, uh, and, and again, four to six months later, they won't have to have, that, have those people employed anymore because they're on contract. And as far as filing, I think that, um, you know, the majority of people now are electronically filing so that auditors, so those individuals at CRA, they could probably work remotely and still uh, and still do their job in terms of processing returns. What about uh, professions like accountants and all that sort of thing that are normally involved in the services involved in, in processing your income tax? I mean, are they all up and running? Are they all essential services? Yes, I just had a um, uh, tax preparation done by some accounting uh, accounting firm here in Burlington, and uh, they are they can they are they're encouraging people to send all of their slips, etc., through electronic mail uh, by scanning them and, and e- emailing them to them. And uh, as as Don said, the, the the need to sign your tax return has been sort of waived. So there, I think there's been a lot of uh, flexibility in terms of uh, what what accountants are doing, and I think they're still and they're up and running still. So. And then you had a situation you're saying, Andy, that uh, you've come up recently with. Well, we were we were getting into. Uh, <laughs> like, I want to talk a little bit about an estate planning scenario, and uh, when we before we get into the next section, but essentially. Uh, you know, it, it, unfortunately, a client of mine, and, and at the age of 96, almost 97, died Friday, March 20th, and uh, you know, and not due to COVID. It was uh, just simply uh, a, a state of age and uh, dying of old age. And you know, we, we we've actually run into a bit of a crisis where the will has we can't get access to the will, and that's 
creating a few other complications that uh, that we weren't prepared for in terms of uh, processing the estate plan. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that when we come back to we are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call them now, leave a message. They'll return your call at 905-529-7165. Uh, COVID-19 pandemic, but everyone's still working. And check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. You can listen to old archive shows there and ask a question via the listener inquiry button. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now, leave a message. They'll return your call at 905-529-7165 and check out the website at Andy and Don.com. That's andyanddon.com. Uh, as we've uh, chatted, life does go on as best as we can during COVID-19. But when it comes to estate planning, how do you do that during a pandemic? Wow. Well, you know, this is something that, um, you know, as my clients of Asian dealing with uh, the death of a client, is always, it's always a tragedy and, and just helping families through the process. But this was just a bizarre situation, and a client of mine who recently passed away at age 96 in the 97th year, and uh, she died Friday, March 20th. Now, as we were sort of summarized what her estate looked like at that point, her net worth, uh, she had uh, a life insurance policy, which was 250000 She had investments like mutual funds, stocks, and cash, bank accounts, etc., of uh, 400000 and uh, in addition to that, she had another investment called a segregated fund. And this is it's like a mutual fund, but it's issued by uh, an insurance company. And that was worth a million dollars as of the date of death. And the reason that we were using a seg fund was for a segregated fund was for estate planning purposes. But total estate is $1,650,000. And so the question of probate came up, how should that be done and how much is it? So... On the surface, a $1,650,000 estate would attract almost $25,000 in probate fees, uh, which is a pretty significant chunk. So, But the nice thing is that when I was able to, to explain to the client that, first of all, the life insurance that, they, that she had is not subject to probate because there was a direct beneficiary on it. So that comes off the top. And then in addition to that, the segregated fund, the investment fund that she had for a million dollars, also allows for a beneficiary to be designated on the investment account. So in that case, it also flows directly to a beneficiary. So at the end of the day, there was $1,250,000 that is not subject to probate. And in fact, the only investments are about $400,000 that will be subject to probate of about $5,500. So that planning alone saved them about 18000 $750. And uh, so as we began to look at, you know, the next steps and um, uh, getting this money out to beneficiaries, etc., the executor, who um, is a stepdaughter, she, the client had uh, one, uh, one stepdaughter and one grandson from that. She, they had remarried about 30 years ago. So this, this girl basically was raised by this woman. Um, so we had a copy of the will. I had a copy of the will. It was provided that we helped them create back in 2017. 
And uh, lo and behold, we found out when we talked to the lawyer that, in fact, the will had been transferred to another lawyer in, two, in 2018. And uh, now at that point, she had moved into a long-term care facility, and certainly we were, the question came up, you know, did she have capacity to, to change her will, or did she make any changes to her will, and, uh, it, which would have changed part of the estate planning that we had done. So now we found out who the new lawyer was, and of course we're trying to reach the new lawyer and contact them to get access to the new will if in fact there was a new will or it had been changed. Well, now because of COVID-19, the, the lawyer can't access their files to be able to get the will. Now, they will eventually, but at this point, we can't even prove that the stepdaughter is actually the executor of the estate, and we can't even prove that the beneficiaries that were named here are still, in fact, valid. So we are stuck in a logjam. We, <laughs> cannot, we cannot proceed. But here's what's happened. On March 20, the, the, the value of this account, this segregated fund investment, on January 1st was about $1.2 million. And uh, it had declined by 16% by March 20th about 200000 to $1 million in value. Now, if you think about the Dow Jones Industrial Average, January 1st was around 28.5 in terms of the index. It, it, uh, by March 20th, it had dropped to 19250 a drop of 32% from January 1st. And with a segregated fund, what happens is that the insurance company, by default to protect executors and beneficiaries, convert the value of the account into cash. And so as of March 20th, the goal of the insurance company, uh, and it's written in the rules, is that they should be transferring, selling the investments and transferring them all in cash in the absence of any direction from executors. And so because we don't have a valid executor at this point, there's nobody that can instruct the insurance company not to sell these investments. And as a result, um, here we are by April 7th, as Don mentioned earlier, in fact, the investments in the stock market has come back quite strongly. In fact, it's up 20% to now 2300, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It has risen 20% since March 20th. And now the account would be worth $1.1 million as of April 7th. So we're now talking, talking about $100,000 of market value that is on the table, and all because of COVID-19, we're at this logjam where we cannot access the will, we cannot verify who the executor is, and we cannot get instructions that the insurance company can follow to not liquidate these investments. So it, it, it really comes, it's amazing how the, the stories of, of what COVID-19 can actually bring forward to people, uh, and it's, it's beyond everything in terms of just thinking about someone dying at this point and the implications of that during this crisis. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now and leave a message. They'll get back to you at 905-529-7165 and check out the website at andyanddon.com. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming right back.
You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. Check out their website at andyanddon.com. There you can listen to old archive shows or ask a question via the listener inquiry button or call now, leave a message, and they will return your call at 905-529-7165. Uh, I, I guess a good time is a pandemic, uh, a, a good time during a pandemic. I mean, doing lots of things around the house and I guess a good time to do some financial maintenance as well. Absolutely. It's, you know, spring cleanup time right now. And I'd say, it's, you know, it's a great time for a financial cleanup. The nice thing is, is these are the type of things that you just feel great about when they're done. You know, I guess it's always a looming thing. Okay, we've got to do this and the spring cleanup. It's, but when you're finished spring cleanup, it's like, oh, good. It's all finished and it's done. It's a great feeling. The same feeling does apply for financial cleanup. So I'm kind of, kind of created my <laughs> own checklist here of things that you may want to tackle in the next few weeks while you were kind of stuck at home, really, and you can't go to restaurants and you can't do a whole lot of things, so you might as well do this. So first things, um, we talked about earlier about the government assistance through the co- because of this COVID-19, and definitely you know, speak to your advisor, find out what would make the most sense for you to apply for and get that applied for right away. And again, uh, you know, I likely through a, my CRA account. Second, would get a personal financial review done. Now, basically, this is a, a statement that Andy and I do for all our clients. It goes through your, a net worth statement, going through all your assets and so forth. Not a bad time to do it right now. Things are low, so next time you, you update it, hopefully it'll be a lot higher. So, <laughs> so it's a good chance to... Find out you know, what you're worth on paper right now based on your house value and debts and everything else. But even more important is to go through the cash flow, otherwise known as a budget. And, and separate between your essential and non-essential items. Because a lot of those non-essential items, you may look at saying, okay, do I really need to spend money on those now? Or in a lot of cases, you can't even spend money if you wanted to spend money. So uh, you, know, you look at some of the essential items even, and I spoke to a few people in the past week, Things such as they're revisiting their cable bill or their, their phone bills, and they're calling up their service provider, and they're getting significant discounts right now um, because, you know, it's just a good time for them to say, okay, I'm thinking about changing. And it always takes, you know, that 40-minute phone call, but likely you can reduce your payments quite, quite significantly. Um, also, look at the channels you're watching on your TV. You may have, you know, had certain ones when the kids were younger, and you're not using them anymore. Or maybe um, the sport channels right now, there's not a whole lot of sports showing, so you may want to temporarily, temporarily get rid of some of those right now. Um, some of the non-essential items, you know, look at what's coming out automatically out of your bank account. Um, certain things such as a gym membership. Well, gyms aren't even open at this stage. So is there a likelihood that uh, you could, if you haven't even been visiting before the pandemic, you certainly probably aren't visiting them now, cause, uh, likely because they're not open, so you may want to stop those. Um, perhaps if you're a two-car family, you may say, okay, let's take the insurance off one of the cars because we really only need one car on the road. And that could be a significant savings over the next two or three months. And then look at even subscriptions, Some, um, whether it's a, a computer app that you haven't been using for a long time but automatically renews, or even magazine or newspapers that you're not reading anymore. So there's lots of places where you can save money. 
And he did talk about estate planning. A uh, great chance to maybe look at revisiting getting the wills and power of attorneys done. You may even be able to do this over the phone with your lawyer. Uh, number four, insurance. Uh, whether it's life insurance, disability, critical illness insurance, or long-term care. Uh, I know I've had a lot of appointments with clients, whether it's financial planning going over their assets, but also looking over the insurance side. Do they need all the insurance they have currently, or do they need more? Uh, consolidating bank accounts. This is a big one. A lot of people have a lot of different bank accounts, and what a great chance to maybe say, okay, well, I don't need all these accounts, and maybe cancel some bank accounts, because you're getting charged all these kind of fees just for having an account. And on that note, some of these bank accounts aren't paying a whole lot of interest. And don't be fooled by the words they call them. I went through um, a lot of these today, and uh, uh, sorry, past week. And for example, the BMO premium savings account is earning 0.01%. So if you had a $10,000 sitting there, that means you're making a dollar a year. Hmm. Okay. This is a premium rate savings. Uh, CIBC has another one called the E-Advantage Savings, making 0.3% a year, which works out to $30 a year in, in return. Uh, RBC, high interest savings account, 0.05% a year. Again, high interest. I don't even know why they call it that. Uh, it's earning $5 a year on a $10,000 balance. And the TD, high interest savings account, is actually earning zero for the first 5000 and then 0.1% if you have over 5000 at the end of the day, you really should look at what savings accounts. And you may want to work on a two-tier system where your I, there's a lot of bank accounts. And if you go to a, there's a website that you can actually find what the interest rates are paying. And it's, uh, I know Investors Group currently is paying 2%. But I went to, it's called highinterestsavings.ca. Just visit that website. And you'll see there's a range that basically go between 1.5% and 2.2%. So great chance for a little financial cleanup and, uh, and make the use, best use of this time. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox have been here from IG Private Wealth Management. And as you heard by the tone, it must be time to leave. Uh, feel, free, feel free to call, and they will return your call at 905-529-7165. And check out the website at andyanddon.com. Thank you, gentlemen. Stay safe. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.